Hi everyone, welcome to our 11th episode of wow, Afrolit. My name is here. Bobo and once again I'm with my beautiful co-host, Aqua. We have two very special guests today. Talented, Talented phenomenal, <laughs> celestial women. <laughs> Making moves. We've already mentioned them in our previous episode. Yes. We have Nick Penn and Demi from Women Work. I had the pleasure of attending their conference, so I'm gonna let them go ahead and introduce themselves. Nick Penn, do you wanna go first? Sure. Hi everyone, I'm Nick Penn Oswan. I'm one of the co-founders of Women Work. I'm so excited to be here with everyone today to talk more about our amazing mission, what we're trying to do for women across the tri-state area. Hi everyone, I'm Demi, also a co-founder of Women Work. I'm so excited to be here with Yay! you guys. Yay! I've looked at your past episodes, I'm just really amped to hear about what we're gonna talk about today. So <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be awesome. good. And if you forgot who I was, but I probably don't think that could happen. My name is Equa. I am the co-host of Afrolit, and I'm the one who's always dropping these African gems. So that's <laughs> Yes, and we are here, Bobo. So episode eleven. Episode eleven. We've made it this far. I know. Please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and. Feel compelled to write a review so we can get up there next to NPR and all of that good stuff. Yes. So for episode 11 with our two lovely guests, Nekpen and Demi, we are here to discuss all things women. So the Women Work Conference, why do we need it? Why does it exist? Yeah. Why is it important for women of all ages? Exactly. How is it bridging the generational gap? Yep. All and of those things. to discuss how we as African women, whether we're first generation, second generation, living in the diaspora, how a type of conference like this can really connect us. But if there's also a generational gap, because I know between me and my older cousins, there seems to be of so much more of like a go-getting. I have to change mm. the world. I have to change Africa where I have younger cousins who are like, Oh, you know, I'm good. Right. <laughs> you okay. know, so we're going to talk all about yeah. that. Yes. So, so, yes. So, let's begin. So, why women work? Yeah. So, I how did you even come up with the name? Women yeah. Um, we use it all the time. That's a great question. <laughs> so, why women work? Demi and I, uh, we met at Columbia uh, okay. during graduate school, and Very we cool. really um, started to notice that a lot of women's day conversations did not look like women like us who. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, have a global perspective. Our families are across the world, but um, have to live in the reality that is the U.S. Yes. Um, so typically Women's Day is around international women who are the other. We wanted to bring it back home to New York to have important conversations about struggles women like us are facing and mm-hmm. the rich opportunities we have, um, you know, going to school here and, and working here and um, trying to make a difference um, very locally and yeah. very small. So that was why we started Women Work. You want to tell me about the name, Demi? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah definitely. Um, so I think we definitely bandied around a few names beforehand. I think we just settled on work, or the work was like the key part to us because um, we find ourselves being like great cheerleaders and champion of women, just like seeing women doing great things really energizes us. So yeah. like, you know, yeah. the common phrase just like, you know, you better work, girl. You know, yeah. I think that's just it. So like kind of, Making that to um, to correlate with our image is more of like a very young and urban type of approach to Women's Day and also just like to women in general. Another thing I wanted to mention as far as to why women work, especially in New York City, mm. is that like we go to a lot of events, 
expecting to see hopefully like 50 50 percent um distribution between like male and female population a lot of times it's like 80 percent women it's like okay why can't we just leverage this for like something rather than having all these conversations which are important but you know like maybe they're based more on business like we bring women together all the time we're always coming together anyway might as well discuss issues that are like pertinent to us as women yeah Yeah. and with that i noticed um that you guys had a strong emphasis on self-care in 2017 Mm -hmm. so why is that so 2016 was really rocky for our team. Um, not just the political outcomes. <laughs> right. yeah. Don't want to see for everyone, but I <laughs> definitely agree with you. Our whole world is yes. tough 2016. Um, and we knew that in 2017, the reality that was coming, not only the political climate, yeah. but also like a lot of policy issues that um, are being rolled back um, mm-hmm. would really have a toll on women of color. So we wanted to create a space to talk about that and talk about intentional ways to preserve our sort of balance um, internally and externally while things may change this year. Um, We wanted to bring together women who were particularly successful at balancing stress in their day-to-day. We had someone from the Hillary Clinton campaign. We we invited others. They didn't show up. Um, (laughs) Next year, next year. Just to be clear, we're a nonprofit, so I have to say You mean, to clarify, you mean others from the other campaign? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, right? Of course. (laughs) Um, That's a great point. We have invited, like, women in business who sort of run really stressful teams to talk about how they preserve their balance and self-care. And so it was a great conversation that was very candid. One thing I will tell you, if if you haven't attended a women's work conference, it's really, really like a sister-to-sister conversation. Right. Yeah, it's not your typical. Here are the five points on leadership I want you to take home. Um, mm-hmm. We have those sort of conversations that you may not be having with people outside of your friend circle because you don't know if it's a safe space. But we create a safe space, right. and we intentionally pick speakers who are like going to be transparent and candid um, about their experiences. Yeah. And was this the first year that you guys had a youth forum that Bobo was able to speak on? Mm-hmm. No, actually, we've had one since the very beginning. Um, awesome. That was Neckman's idea, and it's really been like one that. of our strong points. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that's been great. Good. That's yeah. great. And so whenever you um, decide that you're going to have the youth forum, who do you, how, what's your criteria on uh, picking a speaker? So we're looking for people who are also passionate about youth, for one thing, um, who are like in a position where young people can relate to them, who are doing well in whatever it is that they're doing. Each year we have a different theme. Yeah. Um, So this year was more in the creative space. Last year was more tech and like uh, STEM related. So we just try to find people in those who are young professionals in those fields to come. Very, very cool. And for our listeners who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs themselves or starting Mm -hmm. nonprofits, how do you guys go about doing that? Because you guys great aren't question. just like an event. You're yeah. a whole, right. you know, entity. organization. Yeah, yeah. that's Warming. a great question. So we started with work as an event, actually. Yeah. yeah. And after our very first conference, we were like, no, you need to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we yeah, only had right. like one event in mind and we had such great feedback. Mm-hmm. We said, why don't we just keep doing it? Apparently our community feels like there's a need and yeah. they enjoyed it. Um, but to your point about like starting an organization, it's not easy. Um, you have to do research. So for us, it was learning our audience a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Who are the women who are global-minded in our community? What do they need? Right. What experiences do they enjoy? Um, mm-hmm. What experiences may they not even know that they want to talk about with other women? Mm-hmm. Um, we always try to curate events that are fun. That's yes. our take on Women's Day is that it should be modern and fun, not yeah. purely academic or sort of economic. It's the idea that it can be personal. You can take it. You can have takeaways where you apply in your daily life. Um, so we started by registering um, our name. Oh, great. <laughs> right. yeah. It's officially ours. <laughs> 
Um, and then we started putting around us a good team of people who know how to do different things. Like, for example, we're yeah. both like in STEM. I'm a data analytics person. Demi's in mechanical engineering by background. But yeah. um, with our digital team and yeah. staff that has really creative ideas, we've been able to sort of marry all of our skill sets to, to produce what you see every year with the form oh, and gala. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so how did you kind of make that transition from your first job to now deciding, I want to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to yeah. do this myself? Yeah. So we both, I mean, Demi, I don't know if you wanted to share a little bit more, but like we both don't do this full time. We oh, can't afford it. Okay. Um, there's not enough revenue with work to be honest, right now to put anybody on payroll, mm-hmm. which is kind of inspiring because all of our staff are also managing full-time jobs and also doing this as a passion project yeah it really stems from a place of love for the community Mm -hmm. and just really great effort um, and entrepreneurial spirit to make it happen um, because we're not being paid for this yet so (laughs) yes see how it goes exactly (laughs) i feel like that is pretty common in new york yeah especially with like people doing great things for the community Mm -hmm. it's just like managing how do you balance like the nine to five with the five to nine um, I think it's it's just, you know, uh, we have to schedule our meetings just late at night at work. So it's basically about sacrifice. You have to understand why it is that you're doing what it is that you're doing. Because you're definitely going to be giving up free time that you could be spending doing other things, productive or unproductive, watching Netflix, for instance, or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, so like, and also being flexible because working with a big team, you have to also be able to balance each other's schedules as well. So like doing that um, and also just being very disciplined with your time um, okay. and taking just the free time that you have to do other things. Because we're on air, I'll just say, you know, like taking your lunch break to do, you know, things that are not to do women work work, you know, because, yeah. yeah. you know, you're on someone else's time. But like just being very strategic about the use of your, your time. time. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. And I think to, to the point of balance, I think it's been really invigorating for me to be working on something besides my full-time role which can be stressful this is like my release it's my creative Mm. space it's an opportunity to to literally do something for free because I like it so much Mm -hmm. um which has been really inspiring I don't know that I could have done this when I was younger because I always was very focused on like the first gen goals of like money and yeah Mm -hmm. for for us this is really like whatever happens happens we're enjoying this so like hopefully you will grow but that's not the end goal the goal is to see people coming together and having those important conversations for us so how did you know that this is something you're passionate about that like you're passionate about I I think I sat on it for a while no we sat on it for a few months then suddenly I was just I came back to Nekwin like, you know what, we just need to do this. And Nekwin was on board. So it was really good for us to just move from there. And I think just, I think because something is new and fresh, at least at the very, very beginning honeymoon phase, like we knew we were passionate <laughs> about it because we were like up to like two o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Like our first year, we just, were just the two of us doing it. Like I was oh doing, goodness. I was do- still doing my PhD program. So I'd be like on conference calls with Nekwin, like running my experiments. So, you know, it was yeah. like, yeah. I was definitely involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, I met up with some friends who are like, are you in love? Like, you seem so happy. And I was just like, no, it's not. It's just like, you have this great idea. Like, yeah, you just want to see something come (laughs) to life. And the more you think about it, like, you're just like getting the creative juices flowing. I think it also helped us out as well. And just like, at least at the end, it was the novelty of it was what helped us. It was just like, we were just naturally excited by it. So And speaking of that generational difference, like when you you first, did you move to New York from, um, actually, where are you from? Yeah, that's a great question. Before before I jump into it, yes, where are you from? So I'm originally from Nigeria. I was born there, but I grew up in Houston. I call Houston home. Um, Amazing. All of my family's in Houston. 
And uh, I moved to New York from uh, teaching in Boston for two years for TFA and um, landed in Boston because of my, gra- or excuse me, in New York because of my graduate program. And I loved it so much. I just kind of stayed. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm also from Nigeria. My okay. family also lives in Houston. Okay. Now, we didn't know each other when we lived in Houston, actually. Oh, we just kind of met. Yeah, I was, uh, I was <laughs> in be. Seattle before I moved to New York. I also okay. came to New York at, um, to start working at Columbia or start my program at Columbia. Okay. And we met through my Seattle roommate actually put us in touch. So that's yeah. awesome. Now wow. we're gonna be together forever. <laughs> forever connected. Right. I call Debbie my wife. People like, always laugh at me. She's like my, oh my god. The yang to my yang. We oh, make a good partnership so for awesome. sure. Yeah. That's yeah. So, so glad that we met. I'm yeah. so glad that we yeah. met. Yeah. And so how do you guys navigate, especially telling your family? Like I know that you may kind of oh, deal yeah. with that sort of divide of like, you know, asking you like, oh, when am I going to have grandkids? Oh my god. Or like <laughs> Like, even, yeah, you know, or real. even just the like day to day, like, oh, I can't come to this event, I can't come to the family gathering yeah. because I have to do women work yeah. stuff because it is on your own time. So, For how sure. do you know when to sort of make those sacrifices being who you are? I think actually for me, my family's been supportive, like at least a part as relates to women work, at least yeah. through my graduate program, I should say. Like, because <laughs> I think then they were kind of like, oh, you know, you're in school, you're busy, whatever, at least as far as like how that relates to getting yeah. married or whatever. So they've been definitely the, very proud of me to see me, you know, do this thing with neckband and build it up. But I think now they're kind of like, this woman work thing. That you're <laughs> like, is it distracting like, you? Yes, no, <laughs> this no, woman no, there, no, like, no what are we really, you know, like, yeah. 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 So I think yeah. now they're kind oh of, they're still supportive, but they're kind of like, girl, you need to get you a man, you know, don't oh, like yeah. focus no. all your attention on things. They're not going to like further you in that particular space. But exactly. shout out to my parents. They're generally supportive, but like, shout yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you, the neck fans? Yeah, my parents are like very similar to Demi's in the sense that, that's um, so funny. We both hit 30 recently. And so, like, um, the conversation has shifted a little bit, right? Like, when I was in grad yeah. school, they were like, yeah, do that. That sounds really fun. Good job. <laughs> and now that I have a career, they're like, okay, so, you know, you need to get on the bandwagon and get, like, a boyfriend or get mm-hmm. a husband. Oh, my um, gosh. <laughs> it's funny. I was at Columbia this morning speaking at the conference. I'm in yeah. TG Bobo. Um, so... One of the speakers asked me, like, how do you balance everything? Like, I read your resume. It's crazy. I said, my relationship life has suffered. (laughs) (laughs) Something had to give. Yeah, Um, that's the reality, honestly. Because you have, like, just a finite amount of time. And I've chosen it to spend it on things that I think will help my brand, to be honest, and feed my passions. And men are a small part of my passion. I'm not going to lie. But um, (laughs) So she is single. (laughs) For the male listeners, she's Bulgarian. I do think that, like, long-term, everything will work out. I just... I'm I'm the sort of woman who believes like if you build they would come. Unfortunately, that doesn't really work for women. It's studies have shown, but um, <laughs> that's how I'm operating. Yeah. Just building my life, and if a partner comes along, great. And if not, then I will be adopting. Mm-hmm. That's my plan. <laughs> exactly. No, I love that. That's such a good idea. But do you feel like there's like a generational gap that you're bridging mm-hmm. with the women work conference? Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah, definitely. I think two generational gaps um, between us and like the generation below us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kids born in the 90s, late 90s and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. As well as um, people who are are older than us, uh, people in their mid-career folks as well. We try to have like a balance of both um, young professionals and mid-career people on our panels just to provide that perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I was going to speak to your point earlier, Iko, yes. about how, like, younger, you know, sisters in the struggle, like, exactly. they don't really see it, right? Yeah. It's not an issue for them yet. And so we always have to spin our youth forum in a way that is uh, motivating and content-driven mm-hmm. so that they don't um, focus too much about the gender equity issue. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. And we speak about it more candidly in the Young Professionals Forum where we talk about sort of, like, what are some lessons and struggles women do actually face when finding sponsorship and mentorship and trying to get their lives right. to the next level. We intentionally try to invite older women who are doing well so that they can pass the knowledge down to us. So in my experience, I don't know about you guys, but my mother sacrificed and my grandmother sacrificed a lot to where they couldn't always reach their educational and professional potential in my in my family lineage. Mm-hmm. And so now for me, it's this really unique opportunity to find new mothers in a lot of ways exactly. who have had a different experience here in the States and learn those lessons that my mom can teach me, not because mm-hmm. she didn't want to, but because she's never had that experience, yeah. um, in order for me to take me and my generation to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want that information and that, you know, gems of knowledge to get lost um, just because we are first gens and our, you know, mm-hmm. families mm-hmm. may have different experiences. Um, the great thing about that is that mostly, like I would say 99% of older women that we approach to be part of this are like, yes, even if yeah. it's for, we don't pay our speakers, which is what people don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> All of our speakers are there really That's out awesome. of their commitment wow. to yeah. the mission. Um, so there's no honorarium involved. And we had some stellar speakers who are really there to give back because they realize, you know, we can't move forward as women unless we collaborate a little bit more intentionally yeah. exactly. and share those lessons, not reinvent the wheel every <laughs> yeah. generation. That's yeah, true. Well, and I know that, I mean, just being like a women's conference, you speak on a lot of women and feminist issues. How do you sort of reconcile that with like, your like the generations but also like the cultures mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know like some cultures are more yeah like some cultures are more like traditional exactly that is real that is so real bridge all of that together so i feel like at least once or twice every year demi and i have a <laughs> question about this that comes yeah. up so <laughs> demi doesn't identify as a feminist but i think she's more independent than Girl, me what you yeah. talking about i am a feminist <laughs> No, she just no, I don't know. I'm not just talking about. I'm a feminist. No, but like, it's okay. I <laughs> say I'm a black feminist. Okay, like, well, I think that's, that, that's what I'm saying. Oh, Demi okay. has like, she's yeah. a womanist. No. I would say you're a womanist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I would say I'm a hardcore feminist. Like, mm-hmm. but in our Wait, private so life, so the the womanist believes like, hey, I as a woman need to operate independently in a world that may or may not have judgment against me. The feminist mm-hmm. says. I, as a woman, don't give a fuck about my gender. Gender is a neutral issue. Those, those are very different things. To operate oh, as a woman way. versus a gender-neutral person are two different things. Okay. So in, our, in the curating of our topics and our panels and the, even the questions that we ask, we have yeah. to frame it, to your point, Bobo, about like isolating women in the room. We have to frame it in a way that kind of is acknowledging the idea that gender is an issue but yeah. doesn't disengage women who may be more traditional. Right. And that's not a problem, especially with our African culture, right? A lot of people... I think yeah. are nourished. I mean, we're all that Africans way. in here. Mm-hmm. This room, yeah, so we know exactly. that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you you walk on that line of feminism, but like African cultures and traditions, it's a thin line. You it's know, it's a thin line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like very carefully. Yeah, exactly. for sure. I think what's great is that because you have both experiences, like being in the home where it is kind of traditional, even in that sense of women, but also now living in this, you know, New York City modern world, I think my question is more like, how do you 
sort of navigate and stay true and authentic to who you are mm-hmm. because sometimes I know that you know when I'm with my African friends I may act a certain way yeah. versus like mm-hmm. when I'm in a more oh, like professional yeah. you know sense mm-hmm. and then if those two worlds were to ever mix it'd be like oh Equa like who are, who are you you, yeah. you know yeah. so what is what are the sort of the key yeah. personality traits or just things that you do to maintain that you, this is authentically Nekwa yeah. Demi it's funny I had a, a coffee with one of my mentors the other day and she said to me like neck pin when you're at work I don't know the women work part of you and when you're like in the community I'm sure like some people don't know the the professional side of you because yeah. of the way that you operate and mm-hmm. I think code switching is a real yeah. like challenge yeah. for first gens especially for Africans I would even mm-hmm. say you know because even sometimes we have our accents and like you know that's someone else interpreting the way that we speak mm-hmm. right. you know like if I go back to Kenya like I don't have an accent or if I'm in Kenya they think I'm American you yeah. know yeah. so it's like how yeah. do you navigate those that is sort so of things true. Um, for me, it's always important to just, I think, say, always say a statement in a way that, um, so my personality type, I'll be yes. perfectly transparent. I like to please people. I like people like me. Oh that my is God, my God, I have that issue. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't mean I'm going to be inauthentic, right? But in the way I present what I'm saying, I'll say it differently. Okay. Um, and I know that I do that consciously. So what my mentor was telling me was that like, hey, I need you to bring all parts of you together. I feel like you would add more value to yeah. our space if you bring all of you instead of like a certain part of you for whatever reason that you're not sharing. Interesting. So I'm on that journey right now. I cannot answer the question as to how well I to do that. Okay. I'm still identifying like where I, I feel comfortable more or less to mm-hmm. share like all parts of me. For whatever Great. reason, I yeah. don't know. And I think similarly for myself as well. I think I'm comfortable as far as like culturally swi- switching because I'm like American and Nigerian culture is so different that I yeah. have no problem. Like I can't be at work, you know, being my Nigerian <laughs> Afrobeat self that yeah. I would. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm comfortable with that duality, I think. So for me, I don't, it's not like something I'm struggling with. I'm just like, that's just, it is what it is. Like, you know, you can mm-hmm. be multiple person or multiple people depending on what other whatever audience that you have yeah essentially yeah i think it's such a privilege for people who don't have to worry about that i know can you imagine because i know that people no no seriously even the way my accent switches sometimes i'm like yo like can you imagine just having one flat like you could be yourself no matter who you are your intonation never changes i'm like sometimes i'm like who am i as far as the way i speak like seriously you know what i mean it's like voice like oh hey yeah and then like with your friends like you know what <laughs> like am I acting sometimes yeah like, no, it happens so it is what it is consciously yeah I'm definitely like you Nick Penn I'm definitely like a people pleaser yeah. um, mm-hmm. to a fold and like that's why Equa is good because like she like she balances me in that way just like because she I, doesn't do all of that like yeah, I am not just, that like, person that, and not, it's not like I don't want to please people it's just this matter of like this is who I am. Yeah. People will love me. People will hate me. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like, you're going to serve all of it. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> that's, exactly. awesome. that's just who I am. But of course, yeah. like, as you were saying, like when I'm with my Kenyan friends, South African, Africans in general, of course, mm-hmm. there's a type of decorum that's way more wild and free and whatever yeah. versus mm-hmm. like being in the boardroom. Like, hello, you know, yeah. like no, I your think Starbucks voice. Exactly. <laughs> Starbucks <laughs> voice or the phone, you know, yes. like when you're doing these phone interviews and things like that. Yeah. And so what always intrigues me is just like how different women deal with all of those scenarios. And yeah. I think it's absolutely mind blowing that like, you know, especially and we'll call them out, all these white people that just don't have that type. <laughs> Of, it's true. You know, like they don't have that type of experience and they'll never really understand it. So yeah, it's just true. interesting to hear how like you both navigate that. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything like profound or really insightful that you've learned from one of your conferences? Mm. 
anything that I don't know one of your speakers said that was like an was aha moment you. yeah that's like changed your perspective let me think recently I remember um one of our speakers who's running for president now in Liberia Magdalena oh, wow. Cooper yeah mm-hmm, which is pretty cool she said something very controversial about like hair yeah and how like a lot of her a lot of her I think judgment of women of color is the idea that we feel like we need to fit in but we're always asking people to accept who we are and it's reflected in our hair like there's a there's there's i wear weave y'all so i ain't got no shame in it she's talking (laughs) about how like no shame people with weaves um are trying to be european but then they, they have this claim to the african identity and it's just like a dualism for her that seems insincere and it was so controversial. The room like was Erupted. in an uproar. Like really? I could see people reaching for their apples, like <laughs> or the, for their oh, phones to start tweeting. Or yeah. yeah. So that was yeah. very controversial. I mean, right or wrong. I mean, I think her observation comes from a very decent place. She's a great woman. Yeah. But um, yeah. it was very interesting. I think that stuck with me. I think from this year, um, Zane Asher was just talking about she's a CNN anchor. So right. I mean, that's like you know a very competitive field and. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I've had to face that because I guess I'm, I'm one of very few females in my field anyway, so I don't really feel, have that like competition thing going and I don't feel like I'm competitive in that way. But yeah. anyway, she was talking about just like how she's learned rather than like trying to, you know, hustle and do all this office politics, just like actually trying to help the next woman, like really going out of her way. Like she mm-hmm. went for an interview um, for the current job that she has now and then like she was the one to go, to go first. Then there was another woman who was also very polished, like maybe also like a black woman mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And she actually told the woman all of the questions that they asked her, like really prepped her, like really gave her like, you know, a great um, oh, wow, foot forward so in there. And it's like something that could actually hurt her in the long run. But she's like, you know what? just want to pull out a positive energy into yeah. the universe and expect that whatever is mine is mine mm-hmm. and will come to I me. So that's like, that. That yeah, powerful. that yeah. was like really amazing. Yeah. Exactly. No, I really love that. And I think it kind of dives into or dives into this idea that I sometimes believe that, especially within black women, that we tend to have this idea of competition because yes. we're all fighting for that like one, one spot, spot that's yeah. dedicated. That the man gave to us. Yeah, right. That's the man gave to us. And so how do you, yeah. as black, beautiful women that you are, navigate that? Do you ever, I mean, I know that yeah, you, you just stated that you're not very competitive in your workforce, but maybe in other ways, yeah, in other yeah. ways or even in your life, like when you <laughs> see yourself, that competitive edge coming out sometimes, you have yeah. to reel it back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you just have to check yourself, like, where is the competition coming from? Is it coming from a place of, like, insecurity and, like, a sense of scarcity? Or is it, like, a real kind of, like, okay, like, we are all racing to be the best at this one thing. So, like, let's see what I have. And, like, I can learn from you, like, you know, based on what you're doing, I can step up my game, you know? Like, where are you? Like, I think it's also about intention, I think, a lot of times for me. Yeah. I've heard that too, Ikwa, that like mm-hmm. women are just naturally very competitive. and We are. Um, that was one of the things that we found to be a myth um, as we were doing like an audience testing for women work. It's that women actually, when you ask them to collaborate, are more collaborative um, than men, which means that this myth may actually have come from men. Um, yeah. I'm just putting it out there. So I think that while women can, I think, 
feel a need to one-up each other. Yeah. I don't know that that's unhealthy, one. I think that's good. I, I like Demi. I always try to say, if somebody is giving me an impression that they're better than me, I want to know what that is. I want to identify it. I want to talk to that girl be like, girl, would you get that? Let me have You know, I, yeah. I lean in more when I find that I'm feeling that way. Yeah. Zane Asher, actually, she also had another, another nugget. She talks about how, like, when she feels this... Uh, temptation to tense up and be competitive she leans in and she asks questions and she's mm. curious and she wants to like uh give more than taking right. in terms of like holding being back. competitive yeah. so that's really served her well and i feel like that's sort of what i do too i try to make sure that like i learn from other people who are doing things better right. than me because yeah. i think that's how you grow yeah that's great i know a lot of our listeners are like uh, quite a bit younger this or not that much younger, but like early 20s, yeah. you know, still teenagers. Yeah. Just graduating so, college. Yeah. yeah. So we're all looking cool. up to you guys because, Aww. you know, you've made it. Like, you're <laughs> a <sweet>. right? <laughs> What would you tell, I don't know, the 18-year-old or... Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you could reflect back. Yeah. yeah. Or what would you tell your, like, 17, 18-year-old self? Did you always know that you would want to eventually have a woman work conference hmm, that's a great question oh just yeah i don't think that i've ever um thought that i'd be where i am now which mm. you know not to say that i didn't set really lofty goals for myself i think that life has a way of throwing you curves and you're i've learned that the measure of success is really how you handle those challenges and curves as opposed Ooh, to like sitting bars. in the <laughs> sitting in the like feeling of like um challenge or difficulty I would say to my, so when I was 17 or 18, I was just first realizing like the power I had as a woman over guys. Like it was me coming to like, yeah, like I was a tomboy growing up. So I really could care less about men in a, in a sort of attraction way. I Mm -hmm. always just saw them as sports partners (laughs) (laughs) or just happened to be stronger. That is rare. Yeah. I was like very much a tomboy when I was younger. And so my 18 year old self was, I think, finally like liking a guy. I was utterly distracted from all the things I should have been focused on, like my sports <laughs> and my schoolwork. Um, so I would have told books. <laughs> and I would tell myself to just like remember that everything will pass. Like any challenge you're going through will pass. Yeah. It's about your perspective and your resilience to keep going. Um, it's hard in the moment to to get over Indeed. like heartbreak or disappointment, which I, I'm pretty sure at the end of high school I was experiencing that. Um, but if you just keep moving, things get better. If you stay still, it won't. That's what I would say. Yeah. No matter what yeah. challenge you're going through right now, just keep going. It'll get better. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think similarly for me, also just like be open like to people mm. and to new experiences, I think. Yeah, that's definitely something that I think has served me well and also something I wish I could have done more of, you know, like tap more into my college network, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are in New York now as well. So like, you know, just being open open to meeting new people and like building stronger ties with people who might be very different from you i think that's something yeah yeah that's great yeah i know do you have any goals for this next time we speak with Mm -hmm. um beautiful guests what are your goals for next time we like to end each episode with like yeah goals goals that you're setting for the week i love that yeah you know what you want to do so we can check back up on you or someone (laughs) can email you once they get your information like hey did you accomplish your goal do that yeah so what are your goals demi and neck pen 
I think for me, um, just very quick on top of my head, mm-hmm. summer body. Like, it's real. I'm not gonna even lie. Yes. It's been the last six months playing a conference. Okay. <laughs> so now we gotta take Trying to be healthy, be more healthy, but you know, okay. whatever. Like, okay. yeah, that's number one. Number two yeah. is just Please. kinda have a bit more clarity as to like what my next step is. Okay. So I just I graduated in October. Oh, congratulations. Um, so, yeah, thank it's you. Danny's so, the smartest person I know you. No, guys. it's not true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I don't like, know why you say that. It's really not true. She's really smart. She's like she's very humble. Too, as you can I'm tell. not humble. Aww. It's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> she's really smart. She, be humble. She's refusing. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I love that I song. Love that song. Oh my God, I was just telling Debbie yeah, about yeah, it as we're walking yeah, over. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I also have a question for you guys about that song, mm-hmm. but I'll yeah. ask you off okay. deck. Okay. The goals. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I think just me, like more clarity as to my next step career-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I'm also like thinking about my next step in my career. I've been like interviewing. Mm-hmm. I hope cool. none of my managers hear this. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But um, yeah, so I'm hoping to make that next move in my career. And okay. I think um, I have some good options. I just need to sit down and weigh them. And like, yeah. hopefully I can share some good news soon. Yes, of course you will. Of course. Um, I just wanted to get your guys' input (laughs) because, yeah, (laughs) because right now, what everyone is talking about in this like very feminist conversation, it's all over social media. So Kendrick Lamar came out with his video "Be Humble," and what visually, we all agree that it's stunning, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful video. But a lot of the conversation from Black women is that he is once again policing women as far as how do they look because you know he mentioned can you guys oh he mentioned his preference uh i use that word lightly his preference for natural women like for once can we get more natural women can you guys just be more natural can i see stretch marks and then there was the girl who had her makeup on and then she didn't have her makeup on what do you guys just in your universe, in your stratosphere, what are your views on that conversation? Yeah. So I'll be, I'll just repeat what I told Demi earlier mm-hmm. in the privacy yeah. of our, <laughs> our walk over here. Um, I really think that the pendulum is always swinging with men. They don't know what the fuck they want, right? Yeah. Like Ooh. men want like perfect girls, Kim Kardashian. I'm serious. Kim Kardashian does what she does because she thinks it's very sexy and appealing. Yeah. And it's now swinging the other way, right? Guys are not talking about her butt and how none of her is real. They didn't care about that in the 90s when she was like desperate for attention and wasn't mm. perfect enough, right? Like it's yeah. it's always going to be a shifting, I think, uh, ruler for women. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's unhealthy for girls to feel like they have to be a certain way to be beautiful. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar is one person. And as much as I think he's a great lyricist, he's like very talented, mm-hmm. he's not my guy because he doesn't want the things that I want. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's important for us to set standards as much yeah. as men set standards for ourselves. It's, true. It's so uh, nobody should tell you if you're beautiful or not. That's what he likes. That's what he likes. But I, I agree with you. The video is like for clearly the shift I think is happening where yeah. men are like starting to like want the opposite of the perfect model. Right? I mean, I think it's interesting that the girl in that video was conventionally attracted. She was light-skinned. Exactly. With three exactly. That's, That's why I read. <laughs> yeah. 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 I haven't seen the video, so, but I heard that commentary yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, so it's like, so, oh yeah, you can be perfect, but to be na- this type you can of be girl. naturally perfect. You can be natural, but as long as you're born perfect with like certain genetic exactly. advantages, essentially. As they say. You know? as yeah, they so say. if you can have naturally long can hair I be on curly... Yeah, like, exactly. Can I be yeah. Serena Williams? Like, yeah. yeah. Can I just be mm. non Will- Yeah, Serena yeah. Williams also has a big butt, so like you naturally, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. So it's like they want, they just want you to be 
you know, just fall from heaven as like a perfect angel naturally, you know, as opposed <laughs> yeah. to having all these false lashes and like implants right. and like filler or Which whatever. Different it's different standard. Kind of like, yeah. I mean, I feel no. like the standard for men doesn't really change. Maybe they have like less as far as like cosmetic because things they can do. Because we're not policing them. But exactly, because you know? we're not policing them. So it's not like, oh no, it's okay for me to be myself so I can like yeah. take off my wig and, you know, take off these lashes mm. and stuff. It's like, no. Exactly. We don't need your opinion as to what's beautiful. Yeah, that's or what I think. I think that's the like, problem. Or if is. you're going to like smash or like try to change the standard, you have to do it from like a deeper root don't talk to us go talk to your fellow men like (laughs) don't talk to women and try to like build this up like oh you're just beautiful the way you are because there are deeper issues there in the same way i kind of do feel that he was essentially talking to men just because more of his followers and demographic and people who listen to him or buy his music are men Mm -hmm. and so like if you think about like who he may have been talking but the way that he did i think it was more about approach right i think you need to be if you're gonna make a statement like that you need to go bold with it and not just like you know this soft core like i'll take the light skin girl and like put makeup on her and then take makeup off you know or like and then show like a butt but like you know and then like but it's gotta be a big butt yeah (laughs) exactly or like and even to Mm -hmm. a certain like for me i just felt like it was just made to look ugly like i don't know why Mm. when i looked at that in that moment I just was like, wow, this doesn't look attractive. Like you can, mm. you can show a butt, and it can be any butt, but it can look attractive. You can mm. add the angles to it. We all know yeah. how to do this. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just in that regard. Like whenever that conversation was happening, I was like, mm. first of all, like this is not something that we should be discussing among ourselves. You need to talk to your brothers, yeah. your uncles, yeah, all of that right. stuff. Yeah. You know? I also think they so the course goes like, bit sit down, be humble, yeah. right? Like, which I have a huge issue, and Demi knows this, with men calling women bitches. Like, yeah. I can call a woman bitch because I'm yeah. a woman. Yes. But, like, for a dude to do it, that, there's a line. And so I think yeah. the aggression that comes across in that, like, yeah. chorus, to me, is just, again, this policing attitude yeah. of, like, yeah. I have a place. Yeah. Now here's me asserting Telling my place you, to yeah. you. Yeah. And I know a lot healthy. of black men were... I know a lot of black men were like, no, but that's his preference. You women have preferences talking about you're not going to date a guy over six, under six foot, et cetera, et cetera. But I just think that Which is, is such not a the low, same. Like, pref- like if you think about preferences, like, come on, <laughs> you being short, like, come on, versus <laughs> me not having think, straight hair, fake like, lashes, like, come on. Like, right. if any guy said that to me, I'd be like, you know? It's like, if your preferences have inherent biases, how much of right, them exactly. are they preferences? That's yeah, true. Exactly. It's not just, yeah. Social yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is our pop culture moment. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was our of pop the day. Moment. Before we run out of time, um, do you guys have any takeaways? Where can everyone find you? Where can they follow Insta, you? Insta, your social you? media yes. So we're all on social media. Women work um, with mm-hmm. an E. So womenwork.com is our email, or sorry, is our uh, website. Awesome. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and we're really responsive on all those platforms. So if you just reach Perfect. out to us, we'll definitely get back to you. Yeah. So and if you're interested in collaborating or maybe volunteering with Women Work, you can email us, womenwork at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nick Penn and Demi. We appreciate you being on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. It was awesome. Yeah. Make sure to follow, comment, and subscribe. Bye. Bye.